What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Stock Bros Podcast. My name is Tony. Today, we're going to talk about asset allocation and how to spread your money out in your portfolio. So the goal would be to build a diversified and all-weather portfolio to protect you in the good times and the bad times. So before we get started, please remember to subscribe, leave a like, leave a comment. Check out my links in the video description below. If you want to get started with investing, you can check out my course on Udemy, teaching you financial literacy and investing 101, all the basics, the ABCs of the stock market, everything you need to know to help you get started. And also you can check out my links in the video description for Acorns, Public, or Coinbase as well. So let's get started. Let's talk about the type of assets you can buy. So first you have individual stocks. When you're buying an individual stock, you're buying one company. And what's a stock? Well, a stock is when you're buying tiny portions of ownership into that company. So a good rule of thumb is that no one stock should make up more than five to 10% of your portfolio. Now, there are a total of 11 sectors in the stock market. So some examples are you have an energy sector, a tax sector, financials, real estate, consumer goods, utilities, healthcare, and so on. With individual stocks, it's a good idea to have five different sectors of the market in your portfolio. So you want to have about at least half or more of all the different sectors of the market to protect yourself in case there's a huge tech sell-off, which we saw earlier in the year. You don't want to have a portfolio full of all tech because then you're going to take huge hits. You want to be diversified. And this is a common theme I see. People will send me some photos of their portfolio and they'll ask me my thoughts. And number one, almost always they have a lot of the same companies in the same exact sector. So it's not very diversified. So you don't want to have more than one company be, or you don't want to have one company be more than five to 10% of your overall portfolio. So I'll see some people that have Tesla and they'll have 70% of their portfolio in Tesla. So that's going to make for a very volatile portfolio and what happens if something happens to Tesla, say, God forbid, Elon Musk dies tomorrow and Tesla stock drops 50, 60% in one day. Now your whole portfolio just took a huge loss. So that's something you want to consider. You want to be diversified. You don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. Now, a great way to get around this to where you don't have to buy 20 plus stocks, you can buy ETFs or mutual funds. So these are a bundle of companies sold as one fund. And you can look into an ETF like SPY or SPY or VTI. And these have hundreds, if not thousands of companies from all different sectors. And with ETFs, you can have a very large portion allocated to these because they're so diversified already. And another thing to think about with stocks is exposure to locations other than your home country. So I personally own an ETF called VXUS, 
which gives you gives me access to thousands of companies outside the US. And I only allocate about five to 10% of my portfolio to international companies because historically they tend to often significantly underperform the US market. So I'm not gonna do a 50-50 split there because typically the US, especially the last 20 years, has absolutely dominated the international market. So it wouldn't make a lot of sense to do a 50-50 split, but if you wanted to be, play it more on the safe side, maybe you can do 15 to 25% of your portfolio in international stocks. I personally, I personally set it to around five to 10% of my portfolio. And the other thing to remember too, is when you're investing in something like SPY, which is the S&P 500 index for the US, it's the top 500 companies in the US, 30% of those companies' revenues come from outside the U.S. anyways. So you are getting uh, some international exposure when you're buying U.S. stocks as well. So you have companies like Apple, Google, Microsoft. These companies do business all around the world, even though they're stationed in the United States. So let's talk about bonds now. Bonds are simply a loan or an IOU. When you buy a bond, you're essentially loaning out money to a company or a local government or a federal government. So unlike stocks, with bonds, you don't, you don't have any ownership rights. They just represent a loan from you to the issuer of the bond. So it's, it's basically just you're loaning a company money that they can use as capital to maybe finance some projects or help grow their business. And then they're gonna pay you back with a little bit of interest. And usually it's at fixed dates. So you know when your money is coming in, that's why they call bonds a fixed income asset. And bonds give you two potential benefits when you hold them as part of your portfolio. They give you a steady stream of income and they offset some of the volatility you might see from owning stocks. So bonds tend to do well during recessions and they tend to do the opposite of stocks. Now, how much should you own in bonds? A lot of it depends on your risk tolerance and your age. There's an old rule of thumb out there where you take, it's called the 100 rule. So you subtract your age from 100. So say you're 30 years old, you would subtract 30 from 100, you have 70. So that would mean that you should be 70% in stocks, 30% in bonds. So this rule is a little outdated. A lot of uh, financial firms and, and investors, uh, they'll tell you that this rule is probably a little bit outdated because it doesn't make a lot of sense to have 30% of bonds if you're younger, if you're 30 years old because you have so much time to go before you retire and you want to take advantage of those years and be aggressive and have more stocks. Personally, I'm 34 and I own almost no bonds in my main portfolio because stocks provide a much higher return rate and I have a long way to go until I retire. So if you're close to retirement, it would be wise to own bonds to protect you from crashes. You know, if you're 60 years old, maybe you do want to do a 50-50 split, 50% bonds, 50% stocks, 
or if you're about to retire and you've already made all your money, maybe you want to go to 100% bonds. You're not going to really have anywhere near the returns you're going to have with stocks, but at least if there's a huge market crash, you'll be a little more protected. So let's talk about cryptocurrencies. Recently, Goldman Sachs just came out and said that they're now considering Bitcoin as its own asset class. So I'm seeing several institutions and financial experts suggesting investing 1% to 5% of your portfolio into crypto. Now, I have about a 5% allocation into crypto myself. I personally won't be going more than that because the volatility is just too high for my personal risk tolerance. But maybe you want to be more aggressive than me and put 5 to 10% of your, your portfolio you know, have more than 5% to 5 or 10% of your portfolio into crypto. I personally wouldn't recommend more than 10%. It's a very high risk, high reward. And crypto is still very new to, still very new. It's, I mean, Bitcoin's only been out for what, 11 years now. So it's a lot of risk and too much of my money into it isn't something that I want to be exposed to. So it just doesn't make a lot of sense for me. But, you know, I know a lot of people disagree with that. There are a lot of people now that I see online, they say they're selling 100% of their stocks and they're going into crypto. And then crypto just fell off 60% in a week and now they're panicking because they just lost half of their investable money. So it's one of those things to me where it's still very new, but it could be the future. So it's very smart to put some of your portfolio towards a crypto allocation. Like I said, I'd personally recommend somewhere between five and 10%, and 10% would be on the high end. So now last, but definitely not least, there's a lot of people asking about metals, like gold and silver and other precious metals that you can invest in. And first of all, I apologize because allergy season is absolutely killing me right now. So I'm sorry if I uh, have to keep stopping a little bit and clearing my throat. I apologize. But so anyways, back to precious metals. I personally don't own any gold or silver because to me, it's just a store of a value asset or a store of wealth, meaning you park your money in there in case of inflation or devaluation of the dollar. Gold and silver ETFs were pretty flat the last five years until the pandemic hit, and then prices soared because of inflation fears. And gold and silver do hold their values well and are pretty stable investments like bonds. Uh, precious metals are, are very similar to bonds in the fact that as you get older, it may make more sense to own more of these assets and reduce your exposure to stocks to help reduce your volatility. There are many different options on how you should allocate to gold or silver. And the general consensus is kind of all over the place, but I'm seeing anywhere from one to 10% of your portfolio in precious metals. To me, that seems really high. I don't, like I said, I don't own any gold or silver, um, but there are some people that they want to play it safe. They want to be fully diversified. And if you're looking to have some gold or silver exposure, maybe somewhere from 1% to 5% of your portfolio into a gold and silver ETF. 
just as a hedge for the US dollar in case there's a huge um, hyperinflation event, then maybe you have some money invested in the precious metals. But I don't know, to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There are people that do it. It's really all just a personal preference. And the bottom line is, this is all dependent on your risk tolerance, your age and your personal goals. And the thing to remember is the more diversified you are, the more shielded you will be from market downturns, but also you may have less overall returns. That's always a risk when you diversify. You can be too diversified and they can hurt your overall returns. I personally consider my own portfolio moderately aggressive. And as I get older, I'm gonna start transitioning a little bit more into bonds and other fixed income assets to protect all the money that I've invested and all the profits I've made. So hopefully that helps you understand asset allocation a little bit more. Those are all the major assets or securities that you can invest in. So let me know if you have any questions. Let me know if you found this helpful. And as always, please subscribe and thanks for watching.